The Coonhound Collective Podcast is brought to you by CZ Welding and Custom Dog Boxes. Dog boxes built by hunters for hunters. Check these guys out today. This is your host, Jason Snurgrove, and I will be your guide as we journey down the road to pleasure hunt or hitting the long trail to those great cop hunts. This is the Coonhound Collective Podcast. Welcome to the Coonhound Collective Podcast today. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing Mr. Logan Rose. Uh, Logan was, uh, information was sent to me by Dalton and Dalton, I'm not even going to try to say your last name cause I don't want to mess it up, but it's A-R-N-D-T. Uh, and I appreciate you sending me Logan's information and, uh, Logan, how's it going today? I'm good. How are you? Oh man, can't complain. It's uh, Saturday, Saturday morning and, uh, we went and treated some coons last night. Won't you uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, and where you're from? Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm Logan Rose and I'm from, uh, Sandgap, Kentucky. Just uh, happy to be here, really. So, where where is Sandgap, Kentucky uh, at? Is it, you in east or, or western Kentucky? Yeah, I'm in eastern Kentucky. Not far, far eastern, but uh, far enough to still be in the mountains. Okay, okay. What kind of hunting that do y'all have out there? Uh, is it is it all mountainous, or do you got some 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 rolling hills, river bottom stuff, or what you? Got? Uh, it's a lot of creek bottoms, uh, a lot of government land right here around home. Uh, lot of, a lot of lot of cliffs, real steep. Uh, not a lot of cones. Uh, a lot of people probably quit if they had to hunt around here all the time like we do. I mean, you go tree one, two singles, and you you're doing pretty good, especially if you hunt right here close to home. Well, I can definitely, like we we talked for hit record. I can relate to that. We uh, we do not have a very good coon population right here where I'm at, and and the hunting's pretty rough. We have to, like I told you, we drove. Uh, we drove about an hour north last night to go to go hunting and uh, get into some a little better coon. So I definitely can can relate to that. Uh, that's about how it is for us too. I mean, not for last, we drove uh, right at two hours to get into some good hunting. We still had some snow on the ground. We tra- I think we ended up turning four singles, but I mean, we hunted till twelve one o'clock and got started right after dark. So I mean, that was a five or six hour period to tree four singles. So still wasn't too good, but it was pretty rough conditions. Yeah. Well, that's about the same deal with us. We it, we we started right after dark, and I got home about one. So that uh, it took us that long to get three in a den. So, and that's that's in our good coon hunting. How how did you get involved with uh, messing messing with these old dogs? Oh well, it's been kind of a family thing for way before my time. My great uncle, he's coon hunted for fifty some odd years. I mean he still does and he's in his seventies. My dad and my uncles they all coon hunted up till uh, about the time I was born in two thousand two. And uh, my dad was trying to coach basketball and coon hunt and raise me and my mom told him something was gonna have to give, something had to go. So uh, he chose to let the coon hunt and go and uh, a couple years went by there and uh, he got to t- hearing guys talking about squirrel hunting with a dog so he went and he uh, he bought me a female cur pup when I was two years old and then uh, I squirrel hunted with him and uh, up till I was probably, I don't know, freshman in high school. And uh, I went squirrel hunting one evening, and the old dog I was hunting slipped off at the edge of dark. When we found her, she had a couple coons to eat. It's been kind of all she wrote since then. That's all I've wanted to do. So you mentioned squirrel hunting there, and we kind of touched on that because I, I noticed on your Facebook page you had some stuff about squirrel hunting. And, and I know you hunt a, hunt a hound for, for coon hunting. 
What, what's uh, what's some of the differences in in hunting a, a, a cur dog versus hunt, hunting a hound? Uh, to me, some of the biggest ones would be uh, kind of temperament. A lot of male curs are a little more on the eel side, and then uh, you can correct a hound a little more than you can a cur. They're kind of touchy, just kind of sensitive. And then uh, mouth hounds gonna have a better mouth. They're probably gonna be a better tree dog. Probably gonna hunt a little harder. I mean, there's a lot of hard hunting curs. Don't get me wrong, but as far as just blowing in there and stuff hounds gonna hunt way harder to me from what i've seen over the over time yeah i'm i'm squirrel hunting a hound right now for a guy and seems like he's got too much nose even just makes too many trees for me right now but the curve is going to be pretty accurate yeah so we're going to talk about some of your competition coon hunting here in a minute because uh we definitely want to talk about echo and some of the stuff y'all have done and kind of what echoes out of and stuff but um do do you competition hunt uh, squirrel hunt as well? I would if I could get a dog to suit me, but I've not got one that suits me good enough to take the town right now. Uh, I went and spectated the NSD Junior World Hunt there early December, and uh, it was it was impressive. A close family friend ended up getting second in it with a nice cur he's got, and it, it was neat. It was a lot like coon hunting, just uh, but we treat a lot more coon, or squirrels. I'm sorry. It's just fast-paced, something always going on. It was it was a lot of fun. I think I'd really like it if uh, if I had one that suited me good enough to take the time. And we're gonna get back to coon hunting here in just a minute. I know, but if a fella had a had a dog, uh, a young cur dog or feist or or something, and wanted a squirrel hunt, what what's some tips you could give to help help somebody get get going? Uh, just keep it in the woods. I mean, uh, you don't have to hunt it all the time, but I mean, make what time you hunt it count. I mean, try to hit the woods when the squirrels are going to be stirring i mean early in the morning late in the evening just try to keep them where there's a few squirrels and let the natural ability kind of come into play yeah i can definitely relate to that i i i, I told you for a hit i've got a little little five series a little brindle colored fice and he he kind of go i got a lawn care landscape business and he kind of goes with me everywhere and we uh ground some stumps up and we were in some parks and he uh there was nobody in the park so i just let him out and there was a squirrel on the ground, and he about caught that joker before he got up a tree. So, yeah, I can I can definitely definitely relate to that. What was your uh, what was your uh, your your cur dog there treated coon? Did, did you just go to coon hunting that cur dog, or did you get you a hound at that time? Uh, for a while, yeah, I hunted the cur, and uh, we treated a lot of coons with her. She took to it. Uh, she had a lot more drive than some curs would have. She. I mean, I trade coons with her in this country a mile, mile and a half. I mean, she was, she's my favorite one I've ever got to turn loose as far as curve-wise. But then uh, we had some young dogs here, and I kind of stole it from Dad, really. It was his pup, and I, I traded it off and ended up with a walker dog off a track man. And it, all it wanted to do is run track, not hating on the track man stuff, but it's just what it done. And uh, I kept trading around, trading around. I finally got into a couple of English dogs there that I trade some coons with, and then uh, I finally... My uncle come up with uh, my echo dog's mother, and she was a nice old dog. And uh, I think I used a bunch of my savings money and all my Christmas money that year. And uh, I bought her and hunted her for a little bit. And uh, I got to want a male pup, so I posted in one of them Facebook groups about uh, wanting a breeder. And uh, Chris Bowen stepped up and offered knockout, which is what echoes off of to me. And uh, we got together and made the cross and now here we are okay so how old is echo now i believe he's right at three and a half okay so what was he like well i guess let's back up even before there 
Uh, how, how many pups did she have in the litter? Uh, she always has a big litter. She had 13 and raised 11. Wow. Well, I, I don't want to ever pick a good good dog out of, out of a litter. So <laughs> how did you pick him out of 13 <laughs> or, or 11, I guess? Uh, well, I, I spent a lot of time out there with them when they was real little, just watching them and when they'd run around and play and things. And he, he would always be – he was probably the first one up walking around when they was really little. And he would always just blunder around in the building out there, and he got, never really cared what the rest of them was doing. He just kind of done his own thing. And I liked that. And then as I got a little older, he was always calm and just seemed smart. to I me. Mean, he knew his name. I had him named when he was little. And he just seemed to pick up on stuff really quick. So I kind of, I don't know, weeded him out like that. Yeah. So, um, when, whenever they were coming up, did, did you hang on to several of them just, just to make sure you got the right one or did you, you had your mind made up that he was the, it and, and you just got rid of the rest of them? Uh, well, I got rid of all but two. I kept him and a, a sister of his and, uh, I ended up getting rid of her. She was a lot nicer pup at the time, maybe six or seven months old. And she would do three drags and do it all by scent. And, uh, she's, wouldn't listen. I could not catch her to save my life, and I hate that. I, if they don't listen, I'd, I'd rather not even have them. And uh, so I ended up selling her, and she ended up making night champion and having some good pups over in Virginia. But uh, Echo was the worst pup that I had there out of the two by far. I mean, he was months and months before he treated the drags after she did. And, but when he, when he finally figured it out, I mean, he took to it pretty quick picking up on stuff so is that how you got him started just by making drags for him uh, I, I showed him a couple cones in a cage that i caught here at home and kind of got him interested and he done good on them and i run some drags like i said and i just hunted hard i hunted him with his mother for a long time there he, he would run track with her but he never would tree and I, that's part of it i'd rather one run first than tree before is then tree than run but he uh he was pretty easy starting. I mean, he always had to go. I mean, he wouldn't stay gone, but he'd go in there and blunder around a little bit, and he'd come back. So he kept me interested, kept me wanting to go. Yeah. So, um, how old was it before he uh, he clicked over and, and started started treeing with the other dog, and then, and then kind of splitting off away from the other dogs? Uh, the first coon he treed, it's kind of an accident. I tell everybody it was an accident. Uh, his mother, Gypsy, had the she made a den tree up on the bank, and. Uh, he was down on the creek just running back and forth. And I, I just let him run down there. I didn't. I just kind of let him figure it out on his own, at his own pace. I went to recut her down the creek. I took her down there, going to let her help him on that track. I thought it might have been a different cone. I recut her down the creek, and he just loaded up tree right behind me. I mean, I could have threw a rock and hit him. He was on a little tree, not much bit. I mean, it's probably smaller than your forearm. Had a big cone up there. He was seven months old. And I thought, man, I've really got it going on now. And that joker, he went two months before he made another tree he was nine months old and split i think he was right at a mile in this government on a big den and we beat and thumped and squalled never could get a cone to come out but he stayed treed in there nine months old split for what it probably took us 30 minutes to get in there and uh, up to that point he'd probably just had that one cone shot out to him and then whatever ones he treed with his mother on and then he went another two months and he was 11 months old and i went with jr gray up northern kentucky hunting it was kind of kind of weird as things played out he was hunting the connor dog that he wanted the poc with as a young dog they're right at the same age and uh echo made uh, i think he made two slicks that night he missed a cone by a tree or two and then he made a just a gut slick on the creek bank and uh, i petted on him like he'd won the world hunt i don't remember what 
J.R.'s counter dog done. They were just big, dumb pups. And then that next night, I come back home, and I had a pretty loaded spot out here. guy had deer feeders, and I, I socked deck on that holler, and he treated two singles, just like he'd done it his whole life. I just laid into him after that, finally got him stretching out grabbing a different gear sinking in the country it's just kind of been peddled to the metal ever since yeah and it's you know hunt, hunting puppies is a double-edged sword to, to me I, I used to do a lot more puppy hunting than i do now you know when, when those dogs you can see that switch starting to flip for them uh boy it gets it gets exciting and it's reward rewarding uh to us as the handler too but at the same time it, it can be it can be really frustrating you and sometimes you just got to lay out there with it and kind of push through oh yeah my mom kind of stayed upset with me when i was hunting so hard because i wanted to i hunted seven nights a week whether i needed to or not whether what was going on i come home with hunting she finally kind of lit up and let me go whenever i needed to so. Yeah, well, and you know what? When those young dogs come on, you're trying to get them over that hump. Some sometimes it takes that, you know, just putting them in the woods and staying after them and 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 hunting them hard. And and then I have seen it the other way where you know some pups you just need to kind of back off and and give them a, a, a little breather. But mo- most of them, most of them, you know, you got to kind of kind of push them to get them over that hump. And I've got one out here in the kennel now that. Uh, she's, she's about made me pull my hair out. Cause I, I, I just, I can't get her. I, I just, I, I've laid her up. I, I was hunting her. I mean, I hunted the hair off of her and couldn't get her over it. So I thought, well, I'm gonna go the other way. And now I've, <clears throat> I've laid her up. So it's about time to drag her out and see if she's ready to get her mind right. So how old was Echo when you, when you put him in his first cast? I want to say he was 15 or 16 months old. We went to a UKC doubleheader and, uh, if I remember right, I think we won early in late. Okay. He done a he done a pretty good job in his first cast. He split, had a cone to win, and I don't I can't really it's been way too many casts ago. I don't remember exactly what happened in the late round, but we ended up with double wins, so I, I was really pleased with that. So whenever you ended up with the with the double wins, you know, uh well let me back up, I guess, at this point. Let's see, he's three, so that'd been about a year and a half ago. Yeah, so yeah, well, they had the TOC going. Did you had it have it in your mind at that point that you know after he won those two back to back that hey I can get three more and I can be qualified to go hunt at the TOC or was that even was that even on your radar with him at that time? Uh, he was. I actually got him qualified. He was qualified for the first one, uh, and I think somewhere a little bit before that. Uh, I sold half of him to uh, Chris Hatfield, I believe is how it went. And uh, it come time, the Super Stakes and TOCs right there within like two weeks or something. I think that falls. And uh, it come time, Hatfield was going to book my room for the Super Stakes. I didn't have his DNA done. I, I had the, what is it, I just had it analyzed or whatever. I didn't have the profile done. So it wasn't in the system right or whatever. So I couldn't hunt the Super Stakes. And then uh, it was somewhere right around there, he ended up catching Lyme disease. And I didn't get to go to TOC. So I was kind of, heartbroke over both of them one of them was my fault and one of them just guess it wasn't meant to be and then uh i ended up going with chris bowling that owned knockout or still does and uh, i went with him to the toc and i think he ended up in the top 15 that year so i ended up going anyway but just not hunting my dog yeah so so all right so he he gets lyme disease what what did you have to do to get him over all that uh it, it took a long time a lot longer than i would have liked it to but I just treat him with doxy antibiotics. They always give for it, and uh, it took a long time to get halfway right. He still has bad flare-ups now. I mean, there was a spell 
started back in the summer. He went two and a half weeks and made one tree. So whenever they're going through that, uh, I've not had a dog with that issue, but when, when they're going through that, is that, that mainly what you see where they're not making trees or, or they're missing or, or what, how they operate when they're going through that? Are you tired of whipping, scolding, and shocking to make them get alone? Is your buddy tired of helping you set your dog up for correction night after night? Do you really want your dog to be alone because you forced him to be? Or would you rather him be alone because he wants to be? Grand Knight Champion Small Town Lone Survivor is the product of over 25 years of strong natural-born independent traits. This bold trait has been passed down from generation to generation and is showing up in loner offspring today. Loner is a direct son of Hall of Fame Grand Knight Champion Cabin Creek Rowdy and Grand Knight Champion Lonesome Dove Lori. Loner has a booming mouth that is talked about in every cast he has been in, including the 2021 World Hunt Finals. Loner is a no-reverse, ball-mouth open trailer who ends it plussed up with a huge dying locate and steady chop. Loner loves getting split and is a stay-put gun-pressure tree dog. Loner's intelligence is also impressive. He knows over 12 voice and hand signal commands. Loner has a character that loves like Jesus, but he doesn't walk on water. If you're interested in breeding to Loner, contact Brett Stevens at Small Town English Kennels at 417-300-3777 or find him on Facebook. If you're interested in running a stud ad for your dog here on the Coonhound Collective podcast, reach out to us at thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. Send us a message through Facebook or Instagram, and we'll be glad to get with you to get you an ad built and get you pricing on all of our ads. When he got it the first time, he would still get treed. I guess I was just catching it on the front end of it, but he would check so hard. I mean, he would run the same track four or five times before he ever settled in. That just wasn't right. And then he went to running little junk, and he's never been bad about running anything off. And uh, now when he gets it, I mean, he just, it's like his nose don't work at all. I mean, he may not even strike a track. You just turn him loose, and he blows up. Uh, I mean, there was the instances that dogs just trained cones behind him in places he'd already, that he just went through. And that, that just wasn't right. So, I mean, I, I took him back to the vet and got some more medicine. Usually within three or four days of him being on that medicine, he'll get back to training cones. Okay. So you missed going to TOC the first year because of that. So now, now we're, 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 you've treated him for, for the limes and trying to get him back right. What, what was it like yeah. trying to get him qualified for, that, uh, for the TOC this, the second time? I kind of waited to the last minute. It was my fault, really. Uh, I think he ended up getting, I had a guy, uh, Jason Hale, hauled him around uh, there for a couple weekends, and he ended up putting the last three or four wins on him. I was working weekend shift at the job I had at the time and wasn't getting to go nowhere, so I I called him, and he hauled him around, got his last few wins there, and uh, we were just excited to get qualified. With the with me being dumb and waiting to the last minute, we was just tickled to get qualified. Now, I, I guess I don't remember how that failed, but 
did did you hunt him in the world hunt that year or was it the year after you hunted at TOC? Um, it was all this year. Everything's been this year. Okay. So you hunted in the TOC in, in the, in the spring and then you hunted in the world hunt and in September. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's, let's talk about the TOC first then. <clears throat> um, what, what, what was that like to go, to go over there and, and hunting that with the, with the atmosphere and the venue and all that? Uh, it, it was awesome. I mean, the way UKC does it and holds it, puts it on, I mean, the location, the, I mean, just everything's spot on. The hunting's good. And, uh, I kind of knew what it was like where I'd went with Chris here before and spectated him and knockout getting to the top 15. So, I mean, I kind of knew what was going on, but then to, to come back that morning at daylight with that late wind, I mean, it's just, it's the best feeling you can have, I guess, in the coon world. I mean, especially be hunting for 50 grand. Yeah. So, um, do you remember, remember the first cast you had out there? Do you, do you remember any of the dogs you drawed or, or any of that? Uh, yeah, I think it was, I think I ended up drawing a three dog cast. I think, uh, I had a local guy here from like 30 minutes down the road that I've hunted against his dog here before. So, I mean, that was kind of upsetting, but just how it grew. And then I had a blue dog from Alabama, I believe. And then it was me. Uh, how how did that cast go? Uh, what do you remember? Um, how, how y'all kind of operated there? How how things went? Yeah, uh, the local dog here he blew out left handed and treated cone, and then a little blue dog treated cone that close. And mine, he was had one of his running spells. He'll take a spell where he just wants to run for a few minutes before he ever settles in and starts getting treated. Uh, we scored the blue dog. She had a cone. Went to the Walker the male dog. He had a cone. And then by this time, Echo's treed way through the country. And uh, I get him treed in at like, I want to say eight or nine tenths, wind blowing and everything. And uh, go down and he's got a cone. And, uh, and I recut him. And I think he treed two or three in a row. I end up finishing with like, I want to say 675 or something. He, I mean, he just, he put on a clinic there for a little bit or 550 or something. And, uh, it got right down there. The the blue dog was the closest thing. She was he was taking like second strike or first strike, second tree, just alternating back and forth. And uh, ended up winning that round. And then late round that night, I had uh, had John Strickland, which was unreal. I mean, hunting against some guys you read about and see on Facebook winning all the time. I mean, it's just kind of kind of left me speechless to go out there and hunt with Strickland. He was cool guy coolest guy in the cast probably yeah real quick let me let me jump in here for just a minute um how how you know i I agree with you there whenever you you know for years you know even even me growing up you see john strickland in these magazines on the cover magazines he i mean his name is synonymous with with coon hunting and winning and, and having good hounds as a younger person going out there and you they 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 draw that cast out. How, how was you feeling whenever whenever you heard you you draw John Strickland? I I was dreading it pretty bad because I knew he'd be packing some heat rolling into a big event like that, and uh, especially him getting to the late round. I knew his dog had to be looking pretty good. But I mean, we talked during the cast and joked around, cut up. I mean, he made it pretty easy to be comfortable in that cast. I mean, it was it was just a good experience all the way around. 
Yeah. Well, that, that's good. I, I've heard, heard good things about John. I've never, never met him in person. I never hunted against him, but, um, you know, to, to, especially a big hunt like that, to, to be able to go out and have a, have a good time, kind of get the edge knocked off there to kind of relax the nerves to go out there and, and, and perform. Uh, that's, that's, that's important for sure. So, uh, how, how did that cast go for you? Echo made it in right there at the beginning. And we had a couple of circle slicks in there in between. I don't know if they got circled or minus or what happened, but and then uh, I think Strickland withdrew. His page dog blew out. He went to get her, and uh, dog made a circle tree there. And then uh, dog was treed there to end to win. I think his name was Cowboy. And uh, it come down to if he had a cone, I, it didn't matter what I had. I was beat. And if he was circled or minused, I had a chance. And because uh, up to that point, nothing to treat him. We'd make some dens, and I'd have called one or two of them a slick, but I mean, they got circled. Uh, but after that tree, Cowboys tree, I had treed Echo in at another tree uh, where I could hear him good. He was a little over a mile, I think, from that tree we were scoring last. So we had to go back where uh, where we heard him last, and uh, we got down there so far, not even all the way back to where we heard him, and uh, they everybody could hear him through there. And uh, we went there and he had to come up a little bitty tree to win. And uh, it was it was pretty surreal to walk all that just to get in there and he made a coon to win. Uh, only coon we scored on in the late round. Yeah. So now you 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 won early, you won late. Is this is this Thursday or Friday night? This uh, it's the first first night of yeah. it. I want to say yeah. So Thursday, Thursday. Okay, so you you hit the hit the bed. You you, you got to be wake up Friday morning. You got to be feeling pretty good. You you won both casts and and treat the only coon to win win late. Um, what how, how are you feeling going into Friday early? Uh, uh, nerves was still kind of there, but I mean you get settled in after you have that performance and everybody kind of sees you're not there just messing around so you're there to compete and uh, I mean being up there with all them big name guys I mean it, it was just unreal it just I was speechless then I'm still speechless about it now uh, I mean I may never get back to the top six of that thing again but just say I was there once is enough for me yeah hey that's that's more than what a lot of folks have done. That's for sure, buddy. Uh, you know, that's that's a that's a pretty good accomplishment. So, how how does Friday go for you? I think that was the heads up round, I believe, right? Top six. I I think so. It'd be yeah. Uh, I do Dominator and Joe Manning. Uh, well, you didn't draw, on a rock. You didn't draw a slouch that there. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and from what I seen, we was hunting two completely different style dogs. Uh, Dom was more of a just a blow in there, get treed, have his coon. I mean, and that's what he done. I mean, we cut loose, and I've got more of a trailing style dog. I mean, he can jam coons and tree layups and stuff too. But I mean, more times than not, mine's going to run a track before he gets treed. So Dom does his thing. He jams a coon right there, right down this lane, uh, like 200 yards right beside the road he's walking down. And mine's running a track. He finally swings over here left handed and treed a coon. So I think we're. I think Dom's up 25 or something. He's had played out of 50. And he recuts Dom and 
uh, he trees a cone, and we get in there scoring his tree, and that guy was like 120 yards from uh, Dom running. So we get Dom off his cone, and we walk like 60 yards right at Echo. And uh, I personally think we kind of walked in on him because I've never had him quit a track and come to me. But either way about it, he come to the cast, and I took a minus there. And so Dom's recut, and I recut Echo off of that. Echo trees another cone left-handed. And then uh, at this point, I think Dom's up 50 or something. Dom struck in through the country, and by this time, there's like, I want to say 14 minutes and 40 seconds left, I think is what it was. And uh, I'm standing, or 1840, I'm sorry. And uh, I'm standing there, and the 8's working on Dom. He struck and ain't made a sound for a while, so I'm standing there kind of leash-locked. And uh, I stand there the whole eight minutes. I've I got to stand there with my dog on the leash, and uh Recut him after the eight catches down. He blows around through there and gets traded four minutes after the hunt with Coon to win. So, Dom, Dom won. It's just kind of a bad break, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, uh, that, that put you out and you, you ended up at number six, right? Is, is that right? I, I don't know where I finished exactly, but six is more than good enough, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay, so uh, you obviously uh, you went out there and and held your held your own with with some pretty decent dogs. Um, now we're we're coming into in the spring, early summer. Uh, had you already had Echo qualified for the uh, for the world, or was you looking for a RQE to hit to to get him qualified, or what was that something that that you just went to a, a local UKC hunt that just happened to be a RQE and got him qualified and said, hey, I'm gonna take him to the world type thing was that even on your radar to do hey guys this is jason over at the coonhound collective podcast is your dog box starting to get war maybe it's starting to get a little crack like mine is maybe you've just been thinking about it's time to upgrade to a to a new box but you've asked your buddies and you're just not real sure what direction to go in well let me help you out here go check my friends out at cz welding and fabrication custom doll boxes and aluminum products on facebook you can check out all their custom work they do there and their designs that they do if you don't see something that you don't exactly like there reach out to nathan at 540-810-5439 540-810-5439 or send him a message through the facebook page I bet he can fix you up. Don't wait till fall to get that new dog box. Go ahead, get that dog box now. Get you uh, get you something looking good in the back of your truck that, that you can be proud of and that you can haul your dog around in comfort. Check my friends out at CZ Welding and Fabrication. You won't go wrong. Dog boxes built by hunters for hunters. Get yours today. CZ Welding and Fabrication. Me and my buddy that I hope ended up, he... Now, later on down the road, he owns a part of that old Logan Estridge. Uh, we got to looking around for RQE to go to because neither one of us is qualified. He's got a different dog he hunts. Uh, so we found one that was like two hours away. It was one of the only ones left. Again, we waited until right at the last minute to try and get qualified for something. And uh, so we rolled into, I think we was in Cecilia, Kentucky, where was that? I drew uh, Stephen Basham and the buddy dog that he does all the winning with. And, uh, couple local guys there and ended up echo trade the only cone we've seen again 
and I won with two and a quarter, two hundred, or whatever it was, and got qualified for the world. So where did you uh, where did you go hunting zones at? Uh, Portland, Indiana. All right. How how did that go? Did you did you have a cast win both nights? Or did you get in on one night? How, how did that work for you? I got in on a one night high score. I think I scored six seventy five or something the first night. So uh, you 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 get into the to the top one hundred uh, there. How did uh, how did Thursday? Yes, Thursday. How did Thursday night uh, go for you? Where where'd you end up? You remember where you end up placing there? At the World or Zones? At the World. Uh, I got sixteenth at the World. Okay. Um, how how did Thursday Thursday go for you once you got to Tennessee? Uh, it was uh, it was kind of shaky. Uh, we was way into the cast before anything ever treated coon. Little English female ended up treating a coon there. Made a lot of circle trees. Leaves was still on. A uh, couple trees that should have had cones in were just couldn't shine. It was too thick. I mean, Echo looked pretty good. I'm not gonna say he looked his best, but I mean, he was making he was getting treed by himself and everything looking okay. And then he finally got in there and treated coon. And uh, seems like that boy took a minus or something. And, uh, it come right down to the last minute. They made me treat my dog. I was winning, and I was like few seconds left and I, they put the stationary on me i wasn't gonna trim and the judge wasn't gonna make me and uh ended up making me trim but he got circled on a big leafy tree and come away with a low scoring cast man i think it's 150 or something all right and then uh how did your uh how'd your next round go pretty pitiful uh, the top 16 there he, he just blew out i think i caught him hovering around three miles through there somewhere I, I mean, he was treated with a cone like through everything. A snowball's chance I could have ever got him treated in. Yeah, that's the hog dog in the final four. He he won my cast, and he done a good job on two singles. Yeah, that's that's tough when they when they blow through there like that. Yeah, I I drawed yeah. I drawed Jenna Saturday night at our zones, and um, <laughs> let, let's just put it this way. Her whole trip through the through the whole all the rounds, and and then that last round where she put on a a, a tree a coon tree and clinic there that was kind of no different than what she did uh saturday night at the zone so um congratulations to to tyler and jenna for sure because uh she she definitely was treating some coons okay so you end up with top 16 in the world and you know what i know it's 16th and they say second place like kissing your sister but um <laughs> You know, a lot of people, even my age and older, they, they strive just to get placed in that world hunt, the TOC, some of these bigger hunts and and uh it's uh it's tough. I mean when you get when you get there to, to those those caliper dogs, it's it's tough uh to get through some of those rounds with some of those dogs. So uh I know it probably ain't where you wanted to be, but uh hey man that's that's quite an accomplishment to 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 get you know six in a toc 16 in the world in the same year um you know you you hunted against a lot of good dogs to to get there and won a lot of good cast to to get there so that's that's quite an accomplishment uh in, in my book anyway i've been more than pleased with it uh i never thought that the little dog would be anywhere near where we've had him or where he took me just really been a blessing little dog has you know. I mean, that's about all I can say about him. I, I just really enjoyed the little dog. He's just kind of blew my mind at where he took me. Yeah. So we, we haven't mentioned any of this yet, and, and I'm definitely not going to let you go to, uh, just yet before we do, but let's talk PKC a little bit. So we, we've been predominantly talking UKC up to the world hunt this year. Um, how, how's the what, – what, 
have you always hunted PKC or is this something that you got involved with after you realized you had a dog that could win some or how, how, how did that go for you? Well, it was always kind of a thing I wanted to hunt because of the money. I mean, obviously UKC don't pay nothing unless you get it in one of the big hunts. So we, we've always kind of hunted PKC local and hunted some leg season pro classics and seemed like we've always had better luck hunting UKC because there's a lot of big name dogs out here close and hunt PKC and they always uh, clean our clock pretty good seems like but uh we've done all right in PKC I guess yeah so uh what's uh, do you do you know what what's your how much money you got won in PKC with him uh it's a little over 1800 I think well hey that's more than I got one so <laughs> that's uh that that's that's pretty good there's a lot of people strive to strive just to get that 500 i got a young english dog i'm hunting and that's that's my goal right now is i I, i'm I'm about 150 or 200 dollars short of hitting that 500 dollar mark on him and of course i'm only hitting the 35 dollar hunts but um you know so it takes takes a little longer but hey i you know you, you mentioned something there, and I'm going to touch on it just a minute, and you can kind of give me your opinion on it. You, you, you were talking about drawing some pretty tough dogs there in PKC because of some of the people around. Um, you know, I, I kind of have that same deal here, you know, uh, Cheyenne and Tyler and some of those guys uh, that, that hunt uh, Blaze Bowers. Um, some of those guys are right here pretty close to the house, and, you know, they show up at my club, or if I go west any at all, they're, you know, they have their own clubs over there. So, um, but to me, um, what I like about it is you see these dogs winning, and if you have that opportunity to be able to draw out in a cast at a local event with them, you kind of, you, you can kind of gauge your dog versus their dog to see, see where you're at and see if you've got something that you think that, you know, if you work on a few things, you can compete with those dogs down the road. That's that's my opinion. I don't know if you see it that way, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially in the $30 hunts. I mean, a lot of guys around here, especially the bigger guys, uh, they'll use them as more of a training thing. I mean, I'm not saying they use collars and stuff because they don't. I mean, we've always got our T5s on and everything. But, I mean, we've, we just work on our dogs usually. I mean, unless there's just some strange guys come in that we don't know. Uh, but uh, but then when we get to the bigger hunts like these pro classics and stuff, I mean they're all business obviously, but because there's a lot more money on the line. But I enjoy all the PKC hunts around here because I mean they're just fun. I mean a lot of good sportsmen around here, a lot of nice dogs, lots of nice dogs right here close. Yeah, and and I agree. I mean the the sportsmanship that I've that I've uh, encountered while while hunting some PKC hunts has has been really 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 good. Um, you, uh, you know, you just, and that goes a long way for me, you know, to, to be able to go out there and, and hunt against some good dogs, uh, have, see some good dog work, but also ha- have a good time on a cast without a bunch of arguing and fussing. Absolutely. So, uh, you're, uh, you, you mentioned you were going to a, to a pro classic tonight, um, 16 dog pro classic there, I guess it's close to your, close to your house. Um, you, you how, how you, how are you feeling with Echo? Uh, kind of, kind of shaky. Uh, he's not looked the greatest through this cold spell, which I don't think anything has been as cold as it was here. For some reason, he's been wanting to make a couple bad trees, but I've been working on that. I think I kind of got him lined out from that. Uh, as many good dogs as they are in this pro classic, I mean, we might go up here and get throttled, but I mean, we're going up here and have a good time anyway. Uh, he's still been training some cones, looking pretty good. 
as far when he does trade some coons. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm never going to say we're going to go up there and win because I'm just not. I'm not going to. But we should have to be all right. Yeah. Well, you know, we all like to go and compete. We all like to to walk away a winner. But you know, there there's more things to 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 winning just than hitting the pay window, and that's. That's uh that's going out there with a good group of guys and having a good time and you know one of my favorite parts is uh you know a couple of guys show up at the club early and you're waiting to draw out and they're sitting around telling stories and 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 just the camaraderie that that goes into into this sport and I know it ain't probably quite as quite like it used to be but there's still some of that here and there and I and that's one of the most enjoyable things that that I've, I I have is just sitting around here hearing these guys tell stories. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some guys at these local clubs right around here that I've never seen them turn a dog loose. They, I mean, I know they hunt and have hunted, but, I mean, they'll come to these local $30 hunts or the UKC doubleheaders, and they'll just sit in the clubhouse and tell a bunch of wild old stories and just shoot the breeze. Uh, and that, like you said, that's one of my favorite parts, too. I've sat and listened, never say a word, just kind of take it all in. And uh, definitely makes it worth the while. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Uh, that's like I said, that's one of my favorite things. Is you get some old people around that's been around for a little while, that's coon hunted some, and maybe they, you know, they don't go out and you know hunt anymore. Maybe they don't even have a dog, but they they tell some of the stories from back in the day. And uh, I just I really enjoy sitting around sitting around listening to that. What's your what what's your plans for Echo for the for the future? You you. Uh, I guess you got him qualified for the TOC for this year again. Yeah, uh, I think it was some kind of deal they had there. If you got so far into the TOC, you already qualified. I think the top six was automatically requalified, so that saved me some running. But as far as this year, I mean, we're just going to hit the same things. Uh, hopefully, some more PKC events going to try to shoot for a little higher uh, higher money earnings on him in PKC by the end of the year. Uh, other than that, we're just going to hit the same things in UKC, the world, and the TLC, and hopefully the AKC world again when it rolls around and just see how things go. We've been at it about 45, 50 minutes now, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time to get on here uh, this morning to to kind of talk about Echo and some of your hunting and stuff. And uh, Is there anything that you can think of you want to add, anybody you want to thank or, or shout out to? Uh, I mean, first and foremost, I want to thank Thank God. I mean, I couldn't do none of this without him just watching over me and keeping me safe and everything. And then uh, my parents, uh, they've always supported me through all this, especially my dad. Uh, he's one guy got me into this whole big wide world of dog hunting. And then just uh, everybody's helped me along the way. Uh, Brandon Scaff and J.R. Gray, Eric and Chris Bowling, Randy Sizemore, Logan Estridge. Uh, I mean, without all these guys, I mean, We'd never be where we're at. Uh, they've helped me tremendously, teaching me things and just uh, showing me the ropes of how to get one ready for a hunt. Uh, and then my new partners on Echo, they're, they're a big help. Randy Sizemore and Logan Estridge. Uh, I mean, uh, they're just, they keep me hunting all the time and somewhere where there's coons. And just, I'm sure I've left people out that I need to thank, but there are just too many of them to mention them all, I guess. Yeah, well, that's. That's that's kind of the way it is when you get good people around you. They they seems to be more of them than you can remember. Whenever you're 
you kind of put on the spot like I did there with you, but um, I'm I'm sure you're very thankful for for all of the ones anybody that's encountered to help you. I know I know I am, and I know most people I talk talk to is is the same way. So, um, but hey, if you don't have anything else to add, man, I think it's been great. I, I enjoyed getting to t- talk with you, and I think we're at a good spot to to stop this thing about right here. Thank you for uh, having me. I really enjoyed it. Yep, no problem, and uh, good luck uh, tonight, and and good luck at the uh, TOC this year. All right, I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for listening to the Coonhound Collective Podcast today. We really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to listen to the podcast. If you don't mind, head over to Facebook and give us a like, and head over to Instagram and give us a follow. It's both at The Coonhound Collective. Also, if you would like to reach us here at The Coonhound Collective, you can reach us at thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. If there's someone that you would like to hear on the podcast or a product that you would like to hear talked about, please send it to thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. Thanks again. Have a great day.